Chicago's Afternoon News 720 WGN. If you weren't watching Thursday Night Football, maybe you did not see what happened on the field last night. But a player for the Miami Dolphins was, um, you know, it was a clean hit. He just kind of got twisted and his head hit the ground. And Kevin did it. I mean, what what I keep zooming in on is the way his hand kind of seized. And, that, that was what stuck with me, too. That was yeah. um, it was scary. Uh, Stephen A. Smith believes someone involved with the NFL should be held accountable for the Miami Dolphins quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. I, I mess Tunga up. Viola. Okay, I'll go to you every time for that last <laughs> <Yeah>. name. <laughs> I'm just going to go with Tua for the rest of the day. Um, they uh, they carried him off the field on a stretcher. Somebody need to be fired. Now I don't know who, but somebody got to go. At the very least, a suspension. Now, I don't know if it was the doctors and the trainers that examined him at halftime of the Buffalo game, put him back in. I don't know if it's additional medical personnel that were involved that gave the okay for him to be on the field last night. I'm looking at Mike McDaniels, the coach. I'm wondering, what the hell are you thinking? Now, some people would say, hey, you're the coach. If the medical staff gives you the okay to play a player, then you go ahead and you play the player. But you're a human being. You got two eyes. You know what you saw out there. What about that? I'm looking at the NFLPA. Get your investigation going. Keep pushing. The NFL do the same thing. Find out what the hell went on. And guess who else I'm holding accountable to some degree? His teammates. His teammates were devastated, and the head coach said he was 100% sure that he was not suffering from a concussion on Sunday. Has that changed, Kevin? Well, that was, you know, because against the Bills a couple Sundays ago, he he looked like he took a headshot, and then he got up, and then he kind of stumbled back to the ground. So there was talk all week, and the the team has said they followed all concussion protocol. Tua said it was a back injury. Um, So to have kind of a scary moment two Sundays ago, and then he's back out there playing, and then to have his head slam onto the ground, and then he's in concussion protocol again. What Stephen A. Two is, is alluding to there is: Did they follow all procedures, or essentially was he rushed back onto the field when he shouldn't have been out there? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know for sure. Doctor Dan Danishvar is with us, assistant professor at Harvard Medical School. How long are you supposed to stay out of a game like football, doctor, when you have had a concussion? Great question, Lisa. So it's uh, every individual is a little different in terms of their recovery process from a concussion. But what we can say is there's a, uh, about two weeks for most people to recover from their concussion. Some individuals can last as long as a month, though. So you can't really have a one-size-fits-all answer for that. And did you see that last night? Did you see this football player carried off the field? I unfortunately saw both of the hits, yes. Yeah. And so as a doctor who specializes in this at Harvard, what did you think? Yeah, so the the first and most disconcerting hit, I think, was the one on Sunday because it allowed for the one on Thursday to happen. The, the, the Sunday hit that, uh, that you know, supposedly was a, a back injury and not a concussion, uh, you know, I, I, in, in my experience as a clinician, when an individual has a back injury, they, they typically hold their back. And when you, when you look at the, the video of uh, what happened to Tua, he gets up, he shakes the cobwebs out from his, his uh, vision, uh, which is a clear concussion sign. Then he takes a few steps and stumbles into the arms of his teammates. I don't know of a back injury that presents that way. And so really, if he had been diagnosed with a concussion on that Sunday, he wouldn't have been cleared. He wouldn't have been back uh, by the time that uh, we were talking about this Thursday's injury. Dr. Dan Danishvar is an assistant professor at Harvard Medical School. We're talking about what happened to Tua last night. So is there a point where where these build up and, you know, if you have 
concussion after concussion. I mean, at what point do you get out of the game forever? Yeah, when when you get a concussion, your your brain tissue takes a while to recover, and during that recovery process, before things go back to normal, if you get a second hit to the head, then it would take a, a smaller, lower impact collision to cause another concussion. And what, what I've often seen, unfortunately, with some of my athletes, is that they rush back to play too soon, and they end up getting uh, more more frequent concussions that occur. Uh, regularly that end up resulting in long-term problems for these guys. And long-term problems, could that be Alzheimer's? Could that be Parkinson's, neurological disorders? We, we know that individuals who, um, who play professional football get diagnosed with dementia at higher rates than the regular population. We also know that exposure to repetitive head impacts can lead to a different disease. It's an, another disease that in some cases can result in dementia, but it's not Alzheimer's. It's called chronic traumatic encephalopathy, or CTE. And that's actually been the bulk of my work for the last 15 years. And have you seen it increase or decrease with the use of new protocols? The NFL likes to think they have the most stringent protocols. They've worked on helmets. Has it gotten better or is it getting worse? When you're talking about uh, concussion, the, the new protocols appear to have decreased some of the concussion risk, but I think there's a lot, of, lot more room to go. The difference is when we're talking about these long-term effects, the things that happen uh, you know, decades later, so like, like CTE. So any of the rule changes that have happened now, we don't know for sure whether or not they're related to CTE uh, and, and whether or not they've improved CTE uh, likelihood. But one thing I can say is, when you're talking about CTE, the best evidence so far indicates that it's not actually the concussions that cause CTE. It's the repetitive, non-concussive hits, the hits that don't result in concussions, that accumulate to the hundreds over decades, over every hundreds a year per decade. Those uh, hits, they seem to be the best correlated with whether or not someone ends up getting CTE. I read some statistics about concussions. You can tell me if this is true. Uh, they said about 10% of all contact sport athletes sustain concussions yearly. Brain injuries cause more deaths than any other sports injury. And that 87% of professional boxers have sustained a brain injury. Does that sound correct? Well, I mean, when you think about a, a concussion being a brain injury, uh, I'm actually surprised that it's only 87% of the boxers because the goal of boxing is to knock someone out, is to give them a concussion. And so I think when you're talking about that, the 10% number for all contact sport athletes and the 87% number for all for the boxing specifically athletes, the problem is with diagnosing concussions. And I think this comes back to what happened with Tua as well, where if a lot of the signs of a concussion are things like whether someone is seeing double or has a headache. And in a lot of cases, especially in a chaotic game environment, it's hard to tell whether someone's seeing double or whether they have a headache unless they speak up for themselves, unless they say they had a headache. And so what ends up happening is concussions are really hard to diagnose. And we know that our, our numbers, that the percents of, of athletes who get concussions, they're almost certainly underestimates because we don't know uh, for sure, whether or not these athletes got concussed, unless they speak up for themselves. Doctor, the uh, the Dolphins are standing by that the, that they followed the proper protocol and all of that and evaluating Tua after Sunday and then you know having enough um, confidence to put him out there last night. What is the typical protocol uh, for the NFL, to your knowledge, in terms of you know clearing a player to get back on the field? Yeah. 
So if a, a NFL player gets diagnosed with a concussion, there's a five-step return-to-play process that, uh, that requires uh, close supervision and monitoring that takes place over multiple days. It's unlikely that he would have been able to get back by Thursday if he'd been enrolled in that protocol. So my concern, again, without having evaluated him or knowing the, the, the medical details of this case, is that he wasn't enrolled in that concussion protocol. And really to get down the pathway of being enrolled in the concussion protocol, you effectively need uh, the athlete themselves to say that they have some signs or symptoms of concussion, or you need someone around them, their coaches, the uh, medical staff, the athletic training staff, their teammates, someone else to get them on that pathway. I'm not sure that that happened. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for sharing your expertise. Dr. Danishvar is the assistant professor at Harvard Medical School. Lauren has your news coming up next. And if you aren't sure about what happened last night on Thursday Night Football, just Google TUA, T-U-A. You'll see the hit for yourself. Lisa Dent, W-G-A-N.